Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So happy you've chosen to join us this week. And I'm excited about our guest this week, too. From WWE, it's Mr. Money in the Bank, Theory. This guy has had a very interesting start to his career. I feel like most people who saw him in the time he was in Evolve and some of the independents before WWE saw that he seemed poised to do great things. There's almost nothing he doesn't have in his toolbox. He's tall. He has a good look. He has a great physique. He can do things in the ring that others cannot. He stands out. He can wrestle. And back in NXT with The Way, he also showed that he could be really funny. In my opinion, he could be one of the biggest superstars in WWE in the next 15 to 20 years. No exaggeration if things keep going along the path that they do. Reminder that we have Clash at the Castle in Cardiff, Wales on Saturday. So Mr. Money in the Bank has a pretty big match that he could be interrupting between uh, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre for the Undisputed Universal Championship. So we'll see where that goes. So right now, I'm thrilled to take you to my interview with the one and only Theory. So happy to be with Mr. Money in the Bank, the youngest United States champion in WWE history and what I think is going to be one of the biggest superstars in all of WWE in the next 15 to 20 years. Theory, welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Thank you. So let's start with current events. Uh, so you interrupted Johnny Gargano's return on Monday Night Raw, and he answered by faking you out with the way high five and nailing you with a super kick. What was it like to see him on Monday Night Raw? And um, I'm, I'm assuming you guys could have a match now. What was it like to see somebody that you thought, you know, stood next to you, somebody that you thought would support you, you know, after everything you did for them and to, uh, literally manipulate me with something that you know we did is pretty much as as father and son would uh, the no look high five and then he faked me out and kicked me right in the face to me that is uh well i mean he's he's pretty much already written uh the way his monday night raw journey is gonna go and uh mine it's not gonna be at my expense i can tell you that the way on NXT entertained me on, on so many levels. Uh, I especially liked the very Gargano Christmas uh, segment that you guys did. Uh, you and Johnny and Candice uh, LeRae and Indy Hartwell, and actually really Dexter Loomis, too, are all so uniquely talented. Um, what was that particular run like to do, and was it as fun to perform as it looked? Everything that you've seen, and uh, I feel like as much excitement and just the enjoyability of that, uh, that's how we were all feeling. We literally all showed up uh, every time we had something to do, and it was just a great time. And it was just kind of like a, uh, a collaboration on just everything, all the ideas, um, just really getting to bring everything together. And, and we kind of just really did feel like a family, you know? And uh, what was that period like? Because I know you you were up on Raw a little bit and, and had WrestleMania and then we're back in NXT. You know, how, how did that period in between kind of prepare you for, for what you're doing now? Yeah, that was a uh, that was an interesting time uh, just because, you know, the pandemic was going on and uh, I, I was on NXT and they needed some people to uh, kind of be on the Raw roster at the time when we were at the Performance Center. And the performance center was somewhere that I was at every day at NXT. So it wasn't too much of a change there. But I would say nothing really gets you prepared for Monday Night Raw or SmackDown uh, more than just being there and uh, really just jumping in the deep end and seeing how you do. 
And you could not have had uh, two more starkly different WrestleMania experiences. You had the empty uh, uh, warehouse WrestleMania with Angel Garza against the Street Profits in 2020. And then you move on to wrestling Pat McAfee in a huge stadium in Texas, extremely high-profile match. What were those both like, and uh, what were your feelings about what you were able to do with Pat McAfee? And also just what's he like? Yeah, so, I mean – yeah, it's, I never really looked at it that way. Uh, the two differences of the two WrestleManias that I was a part of, uh, having that no crowd around and still being WrestleMania, but everybody knows that WrestleMania is the biggest show um, and just not having that, that WWE universe around really makes the difference. And then fast forwarding to me being on my next WrestleMania, facing Pat McAfee, uh, just sold out stadium like it's it's crazy and then to on top of that being there with mr mcmahon and stone cold steve austin uh is it's insane and somebody like pat mcafee that uh literally i i don't know what he can't do you know as an uh and as an entertainer and as entertaining as he is and he was and just being able to be in the ring with him and how you know physically gifted he is in the ring uh, it all came together so well, and uh, honestly, that moment was great, and I'm glad I got to share it with him. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that too, because like he, as entertaining of a guy, and as as so many different things he actually does within wrestling and then outside of wrestling too, um, he's he is such a great athlete. But you are too, so that's a a, a great matchup. But you do some things in the ring that just blow my mind sometimes. The springboard drop kick, you know, into the ring, and that that move you do on the rope with the uh, it's kind of a Spanish fly off the yeah like kind of i don't even know what to call it but i call it uh i call that one arf because of uh the man that trained me ar fox ah, yeah interesting have you been doing that one for a while too that move it's so crazy i actually uh i had the a match with finn balor on raw and it was the first time that i was going to be able to kind of do it and uh i i wanted to do it for my coach so it was really cool getting to because that's his finishing move so that's why i called it that it's funny you mentioned A.R. Fox, too, because he was actually somebody I had in my notes to ask you about. Um, your decision to become a pro wrestler and then kind of pursue WWE, I was kind of interested in how that came about. I know you trained with A.R. Fox initially. He's had a little bit of buzz in his career lately. And just what was it like, that journey and Evolve with kind of Gabe Sapolsky and then ending up in NXT? What was your beginning like, and how did, that, how did everything kind of move to, to get you where you are now? Well, so when I was eight, I knew I wanted to be in the WWE, um, but I was always looking for different ways to do that. So at 12, I started working out to prepare myself for that. At 17, I tried a bodybuilding competition in hopes to get a tryout opportunity by somehow maybe there would be some scouts at the show, but there weren't. Um, so then I realized I have to join a wrestling school. And that's when I met AR Fox in Atlanta uh, at the wrestling school, WWA4. And things just kind of took off. He kind of explained to me how it works. You know, you have to do a lot of shows where you're not going to make any money. You're going to have to travel. You're going to have to spend money that you don't have. And that's just the grind of it and kind of slowly stepping my way up. And I think he started realizing how serious I was about it. And then he reached out to, uh, at the time, the guy that owned Evolve uh, was Gabe Sapolsky. I got into Evolve, started getting to work with uh, just so many talented people um and even uh riddle was uh at the top of evolve at the right. time i was there 
and just get, getting to work with all those guys and then eventually getting to NXT and kind of just climbing the ranks as I'm learning and I'm growing and getting older. Winning money in the bank is such a huge accomplishment for most people in WWE. You had a tough match against Bobby Lashley early in the show before pulling off the, the big feet. What did becoming Mr. Money in the Bank mean to you and how excited and ready are you for that next step? For me, that that moment, just dreaming about that. I mean, I remember back when I was nine years old, sitting in a friend's living room watching WrestleMania. And uh, it was when they still did like the big money in the bank matches at WrestleMania. And everybody just knows how much your career changes when you have the money in the bank and the potential of successfully cashing in changes your entire career. Like it puts you, you know, in the in the same category as world champions and everybody knows that list is uh it just can't be touched and for me to know that on my path with this money in the bank contract that that's that's a huge possibility and for me i've never doubted myself so i'm not doubting myself that that won't happen um so that's man it, it speaks for itself and a pretty pretty big stage for you know a world title match and and maybe a money in the bank uh, cash in coming up at Clash at the Castle in Cardiff. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you what do you think about that. Uh, I'm super excited, especially uh, going to Cardiff. I've never been. I've heard a lot of great things, um, and just to you know have a show there and just get to interact with new fans and and just feel all that energy. And I'm sure they're all going to be so very happy if I cash in. Do you like carrying a briefcase with you wherever you go? Uh, I'm guessing you don't maybe keep your lunch in it like Otis does. You know what? I I could complain about it, but at the same time, I know the prestige and what I have in my hand. And I mean, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. It's all worth it. So the first Monday Night Raw in the new creative regime was at Madison Square Garden, uh, famously now with the, the Who's Your Daddy chants towards you. Um, it's funny because I went on social media after that show and someone said, man, you know, that gosh, they really buried Theory. And I said, you know, Theory was actually the focus of the first hour of the most important <laughs> Monday Night Raw of the last 21 years. You know, on the receiving end from Roman Reigns, um, Brock Lesnar on the previous SmackDown, the Usos, Drew McIntyre, Lashley, and actually Dolph Ziggler, too. Does it make you feel good to be involved in so many things on the show and have the fans have such a reaction towards you, even if it's being booed and <laughs> ridiculed or whatever? Yeah, I. Uh, it's so funny you bring up that show because I vividly remember, like, uh, being out there with Roman, you know, and everybody knows, I mean, Roman's the head of the table. Uh, so that that's just huge to be out there with him uh, and to be able to have that kind of reaction and uh, just that participation from everybody was really cool. But also the match, even having a match with Drew McIntyre, but a moment that I remember vividly was I remember standing on the apron and I was watching Sheamus in there with Bobby Lashley and Drew's on the apron. And I'm like, wow, like I'm on Monday Night Raw with literally three dudes that I grew up watching, you know, and they motivated me. And I'm, I'm literally out here having a tag match with them in Madison Square Garden on Monday Night Raw. And it's the Mecca. And I think your, your, your first was your first MSG match, the one with Brock Lesnar on the live event. I think it was for the WWE Championship. Right, right. Um, 
you've generally been under tutelage of someone during your WWE run so far, whether it was Lena Vega, Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Mr. McMahon. How do you feel now that you're your own man and, and kind of in your opinion, like who is Theory? To me, I uh, and this is kind of who Theory is. Theory's always been his own person. I uh, I don't mind rubbing shoulders and and you know getting advice and learning stuff, but I've always had a mission, and that's to do whatever it takes to get to the top. It says it in the theme song because it's true. Uh, and I'm all day. And the reason I say that is because I will go at it until I can't no more. And I constantly prove that. Doesn't matter how many F5s I take, I get up. How many briefcase shots I take, I get up. I'm back every day, all day. And on the subject of tutelage and mentors and that kind of stuff, so you mentioned that kind of how you broke in through the independence and then through Evolve. What was the performance ex center experience like for you? And is there anyone there who kind of helped you along the way, maybe that you consider a career mentor, whether it was a coach or whether it was another wrestler? Yeah, the first person that comes to mind is Shawn Michaels. Um, the the ability to be able to sit in his class and watch one of your matches back and just the, the point of view and the feedback and the direction he takes you on is uh, it's very helpful and it's very uh, educating as well. And just, I mean, we all know the legacy of Shawn Michaels. So you can only imagine, you know, me sitting in there. And I think at the time I'm like maybe 23 in there, just listening to Shawn Michaels and I'm, just like, wow. But the whole experience at the Performance Center was great. You know, I mean, anything you need is there. You know, there's so many rings. There's, you know, ways to do promos anywhere, different ways. Uh, somebody's always got a camera to shoot a promo. Um, you can work out, you know, there's great rehab uh, stuff. Um, it, it's it's just endless. It's To me, it's like the factory of like sports entertainment. Like, it, it's great. It's so interesting about Shawn Michaels, too, because sometimes in sports, you know, the extremely high level, you know, Hall of Fame caliber guys sometimes aren't the best coaches. And it seems like it's the exact opposite with Shawn Michaels. You know, how, how do you feel about him kind of being at the helm of this current period of NXT now and, and getting that next uh, generation ready? I think it's great just because, uh, you know, when you have somebody that can look at stuff a bunch of different ways is uh, it's always going to be great because to me, that's creativity from a lot of different directions. And especially with Shawn Michaels as talented as he is and all the things that he's seen. Um, I, I just think NXT is in such great hands. I think a theory versus Shawn Michaels match would have been, uh, would have been something that would have been something else. <laughs> you said would have been, we should just do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to check with him and see if he uh, if he's still uh, going to think about that. But um, I know a lot of times uh, guys come out of the or the wrestlers that come out of the performance center, uh, they always kind of mention kind of this tape study. Was there anybody who the coaches recommended for you to kind of look at, you know, uh, uh, from the past that uh, as you were kind of you know making your way? I never would say uh, I was necessarily recommended anybody, um, but maybe like. Uh, you know, just kind of watching for different things. It depended on uh, if, let's say, if we were watching a match and it was like, now you see right here where, you know, this could have been a little more this way or that way. Then there would be some kind of match or moment from the past that they would say, look at this, we'll compare it. So it was never really exactly a certain person, I would say. 
Yeah, I was trying to come up with yesterday, like who I would compare you to. And it's funny because the person I ended up landing on is the person who's appearing on Monday Night Raw on Monday at Pittsburgh, which is Kurt Angle. Because, you know, you look at the size, the physique, the athletic ability, and also the penchant for wanting to be entertaining, uh, as well as just the aptitude and the speed in which you picked it up. Has 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 he been somebody you've ever studied? Or I mean, obviously, it sounds like you're a student of the game, so I'm guessing you're all, all too familiar with his uh, his work anyway. Yeah, that's the first time that I've uh, I've ever gotten Kurt Angle um, as a comparison. Um, that's an honor, though. Um, yeah, Kurt's one of those guys that to me was like just like a pit bull. You know, he he could unleash it and he could you know beat the hell out of somebody and i i feel like honestly with his personality and the way he could show that and he wasn't just you know a wrestler and and he was good at wrestling he just he had the all-around package and i think it's really cool to be able to see a guy that is you know just such a bad dude on another level and just to have that you know funny personality he could put a cowboy hat on and be hilarious uh so i mean thank you for that comparison though yeah, no problem. It, it really, when I when I watched you opening the Gargano way at uh, at Christmas, I was like, well, all right, this guy's really good, but he he really knows how to entertain too. So that's kind of where really, we, you know, th that's really kind of struck me as 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 the comparison there because he was not afraid to put himself out there in yeah. some crazy situations. Thank you for that. You also had some paths crossed recently with John Cena. What what did that mean to you? And 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 kind of what would that be like for you to ever uh, step between the ropes against him? Well, for me, uh, anytime that I have a moment uh, to do anything with John Cena, it's always going to mean the world to me, uh, just because of my past and that's who got me into WWE. That's who got me interested in wanting to literally make this my life uh, was him. So. Anytime I get to do anything with him, especially uh, when we did the promo together, that was just like, I probably watched it back so many times just because, you know, it's John Cena in theory. So, um, but anytime John's around, man, it's, it's definitely a, a privilege. I was going to ask you too, going back to the angle thing a little bit, did you wrestle, what was your athletic background prior to WWE in addition to the bodybuilding? Yeah, so a lot of people get shocked about this. Uh, and it's funny, too, because when I do interviews, a lot of times, you know, like, what's your, you know, what do you think of this sports team? Or what's your favorite sports? And I actually don't watch sports. Um, I, I'm obviously familiar with them. But uh, I didn't even play sports growing up. When I was a kid, maybe before I seen wrestling was when I, you know, was doing like, uh, as a kid, basketball and baseball. But after I seen wrestling, I did not want to play a sport. I didn't want to rely on a team. I just like strictly wanted to say, hey, I'm going to solo focus on myself and get to WWE. And that was that was just the plan. Wow. Uh, so we're going to move on to something we call the three count now. It's going to be uh, three quick questions, sort of, and, and your answers. So number one, what were your three favorite selfies that you took in WWE so far? I would say uh, one that I think is just hilarious is uh, when Brock put his hat on me. I kind of turned it around and took a selfie with it on just to, you know, that's just me. Uh, so I, I have that one with the cowboy hat. Uh, I would definitely say the selfie with Mr. McMahon with the United States Championship. And I have to say the one uh, standing over Las Vegas on the top of that ladder with money in the bank in my hand. 
Are there any uh, funny ones that you've taken that we haven't seen on television that are just backstage of you goofing around? Yes. You know, sometimes I get uh, some guys that uh, I'll just be, you know, messing around, go to take the selfie, and they'll just flick me off. So it's great. <laughs> we'll be able to show everybody one day, I'm sure. And anybody that you haven't taken one with that you would like to? Yes. And that is the tribal chief and John Cena. But maybe. Maybe, you know, I, I know when I took my selfie with John Cena, a lot of people say he walked away, but uh, I mean, you can't see him. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, second question, aside from what will inevitably be your own, which was your favorite Money in the Bank cash? And I guess Rollins is generally regarded as the best. I was at Ziggler's and that was electric. I was actually watching Van Damme's yesterday and that was actually probably my favorite what 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 was yours one that stands out to me is uh when edge cashed in on yeah. cena that was uh and you know it was funny because you know mr mcmahon walks out and it's like oh this is so messed up you know but i mean you know if, if i was edge i would have loved that moment and done the same thing and that was the original one i think that was the first cash in because he was the first when yeah, and I remember the. I, I if I can remember correctly, the case was just completely black. Oh, um, it was it was just a completely black briefcase. So yeah, that was no, uh, that was in Puerto Rico, New Year's Revolution, I think it was uh, when when he cashed in. Yeah, that was okay. that was a great one too. And the, finally, the last question: if uh, if theory could go back in time and face anyone in the history of uh, the industry, who would it be and why? Stone Cold Steve Austin. And the reason why it's, you know what? The reason isn't because he stunned me at WrestleMania, okay? The reason is because, I mean, to me, I, I feel like that energy that Stone Cold brought, it's so hard to match. Like when that glass breaks, it's, uh, man, I, I just could only imagine uh, them hating me and loving him and just how ridiculous of just an arena eruption that would be. That was a pretty electric uh, couple of moments at WrestleMania. I mean, obviously him headlining the show against Kevin Owens is one thing. And, it, you know, it, it, his involvement with you. What, what was it like? Uh, what was that feeling like in the stadium when, when you know, you had him? You know, it's Stone Cold and he's back and it's really him. I remember standing in the corner uh, of the ring after the Pat McAfee match. And uh, Mr. McMahon was standing with him in the center of the ring. And he's talking with Mr. McMahon. He's looking at him. He's talking to him, moving his head like crazy. And then he just gives me a look. And then when he gives me the look, I'm like, here we go. Start, <laughs> start running at him. He starts beating me up, stuns me. That moment, though, like it all kind of got to sit in because it was a good, I would say it was a good five seconds of me just getting to kind of look up and see those two and just be like, we're here. This is wild. So it was an awesome moment. Did you get any opportunity at all to kind of talk shop with Stone Cold Steve Austin about your career, about kind of what his thoughts are? Because I feel like you'd be somebody that would be right up his alley, you know, in terms of uh, wrestling. Yeah, uh, we didn't get to talk for too long because, you know, how WrestleMania is. It's a chaotic, yeah. crazy day. But he, uh, you know, he, he pretty much asked me how old I was. And he was like, man, you got to you know, you have a hell of a future, man, if you keep things together. Um, and, you know, I'm, I think he's seen a few of the things I've done and just kind of gave me some good advice and uh, kind of said, just keep doing what you're doing. And 
I mean, to me, hearing that from Stone Cold, that's that's great. It's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Well, Theory, thank you so much for joining us today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I really enjoyed this, and all the best to you moving forward with everything you got going on, whether it's Clash of the Castle in Cardiff and maybe Cash again, or, uh, or just anything you're going to be doing in the future. Really, really enjoying your stuff. Thank you, man. I appreciate you for having me on. It was a pleasure. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us this week on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I want to thank Theory for joining us today. I'd also like to thank Adam Hopkins from WWE. Join us next week where our guest will be Larry Dallas. Larry is the English language color commentator for AAA Lucha Libre, and he's been around the world on the independence. He's been a manager, and he's done English language commentary for Dragon Gate as well. It's an interesting show, and you should check it out. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah.